I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. god hi guys welcome back how are you guys doing um we were not here last week i apologize um to be super vague i've just had a couple of health issues that i don't know what's going on uh so unfortunately a lot of my downtime has been in doctor's offices being like hey we you're fine but there's something but we're fine we pay your copay um, so that's really, really fun, but ultimately I am okay, uh, so don't worry, but thank you, but just want to let you know why there was an episode last week, uh, and we will be right back on our regular schedule. Um, we have an amazing guest today. She's fucking hilarious, and I got to perform with her on a show recently, by recently, I think June, because uh, what is time anymore? And she's just so hilarious. Uh, Elise Morales she has an amazing podcast as well of the roast of your teenage self, um, which will also be having some live shows in November, one in Stand Up New York and one in Union Hall. So definitely go look that up and go follow her on Instagram at Panda Elise, spelled P A 
N-D-A-L-I-S-E, and Elise Navidad on Twitter. We talk weddings. She just got married. She got married in the city. We talk weddings. We talk about college and our tolerance for a lot of dumb shit. And I had a blast and I think you're going to like it too. So sit back, relax, rate, like, subscribe, share with your friends. And remember to go find Elise on all the socials. Uh, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. So you are, well, one, you're in Memphis. How fun. It's been, well, we're here for a wedding. My husband's friends got married in Memphis. I mean, they're friends of mine too, but they got married in Memphis last weekend. And then our other friends are getting married in New Orleans this upcoming weekend. So we were like, it does not make sense to be flying back and forth from New York. So we stayed in Memphis a couple of days and then we're headed down to NOLA. Oh, hells yeah. My friends were literally just there in New Orleans too. Um, not for wedding, for shits and gigs, but we were in a wedding for Austin. It's officially COVID oh. wedding season. People are like, we're having our weddings now. And <laughs> <laughs> it's been wild too. Cause I don't know about you. A lot of the wet, like, well, the, a lot, um, we had one last weekend and then we have one luckily in Brooklyn that we're going to, but they're all indoors. They're all like, mm, here we go. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is my husband and I, our wedding, it was mostly indoors except like the front of the venue opened up like kind of had like a garage open up feel but it was because we booked it before covid and like before covid was i mean i'd ever even heard of covid and we were like yeah i don't want to have to deal with weather and then we were watching covid the entire time and we were like oh my god but (laughs) i'm happy to say and i will say on any podcast uh that no one got covid at our wedding so we we did what had to be done. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay, so what was that like doing like the wedding planning and then this global fucking pandemic hit that was like no one can be inside together, no more than like three people together. Like it it was truly crazy because the timing of when we got engaged, we got engaged at the end of 2019. So realistically, like we could have set our date for 2020. Um, but we just we wanted to have more time to save up money. We wanted to do it in one of the, uh, and not in like peak season because it costs like wedding venues go up based on what season it is. So if you're getting married from May, like in May, June, then it's way expensive. Or if you're getting married like now, September, October is like way expensive. So we knew we wanted an off month and then we thought 2020 was coming up too soon. Like we didn't have enough money to spend. We didn't have enough like savings. And then we were like, okay, April, we don't trust the weather. So I guess we're pushing it to August of 2021 and we'll be engaged for a long time. And then two months later, COVID hit or whatever. And we just watched the entire time (laughs) being like, Oh my God. (laughs) That is so fucking stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we like got engaged at the end of this, I guess it was the end of summer 2019. We got engaged and then by the end of 2019, we had locked down a lot of the major stuff for our wedding, even though our date was like really far ahead. And then we were just like, Oh my God. And we just kept watching and watching. And then there was like this high point when the vaccine came out where we were like, 
we're not going to have to do anything. It's amazing. We beat it. Da, da, da. And then it got crazy again. And so we did do, we had people send us a negative test or a vaccine card in order to come and it worked, but it was like, it was kind of crazy because it came like down to the wire. And then we were like scrambling to put that together because we thought we weren't going to really have to do it. And then it was like, Oh no, you have to do it. So it was Ooh, definitely yeah. a wild ride, but feeling very blessed that we never actually had to cancel it or postpone it or uninvite people or any of that, that stuff. The one we went to, um, last weekend in Austin, it was, everyone was either from New York or from Texas. And so I was like talking to like the bride and I was like, is everyone vaccinated? And she was like, on my side, yes. <laughs> on the other side, I have no fucking clue. And I was like, oh shit, we were in shuttle buses together. This is going to be fun. You Once you have to gather like a hundred plus members of you and another person's sort of close and then extended family, it starts being like, you start out being like, oh my God, everyone's vaccinated. It's fine. And then you're like, wait, oh my God, Laura's weird husband. Like, I don't know that guy. Like he, is he vaccinated? Like it's all stuff where you're like, you know what? Cousin Jeff's been posting some weird stuff. We haven't been keeping up with him. Like you start actually going through and you realize like, oh no, we don't actually know. Oh, you're so right too. Someone popped up my Instagram with something anti-vax and I was like oh I thought for sure you were like pro-vaccine and I was like hmm you don't know okay, okay. you don't know, don't really know. A, lot, a lot of the hesitancy that we dealt with was people in the family who had had COVID and thought because they had had COVID that they didn't need to get vaccinated and it's just like I'm like you know what I really don't need to get in a big to do with you if you want to show me a test, that's it. I just, my thing came down to that. I was like, you need to show me a piece of paper that tells me it's unlikely that you have COVID before you can come <laughs> to this wedding. Like what an extra stress though with everything else that you have to do. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was worth it for the peace of mind. And like it worked, you know, we did not spread COVID at the wedding, so it was worth it, but it was like stressful and it was kind of crazy implementing it at the last second. And like, it was stressful in the period of time where we were like, what are we going to do? And like actually trying to figure out the logistical thing on top of it being like two weeks out from your wedding, which is just a crazy time anyway. And then we're like, okay, so do we have to hire a task rabbit to like look at people's vax cards? How does this work? The wedding that I just went to, they had like a whole digital thing that you could upload it digitally and all of this stuff. And I was like, I wish I knew about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I was like, well, this seems a lot easier than what we did. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Well, okay. Because I saw you on, on Instagram, um, the pictures were gorgeous. Oh, thank you. And everyone listening should follow you on Instagram, uh, which I will definitely put at the beginning and the end of the episode, but like, love your Instagram. And you did what is so hard to do, which is have a wedding in the city. Yes. Because it's so fucking expensive. We did. We opted to do the wedding in New York. It was in Brooklyn. So it wasn't because Manhattan is like you, you have to be a, a king, a monarch to get married in Manhattan. But we did it in the city and like 
honestly, the reason was because we wanted to be able to travel easily back and forth from the venue. We wanted to be able to visit when we wanted. I didn't want to have to transport all of this stuff upstate, down, like all around. And so we chose an actual, like a really awesome venue called 501 Union in Brooklyn. And it just made it, you know, my family is central to New Jersey, a lot of them. So like, it was convenient to a large portion of my family and all of our friends for us to do it in New York. And no matter what we did, Danny's family was going to have to travel because they're all from Wisconsin. And no matter what we did, my Florida pet family was going to have to travel. So we were like, you know what? Let's just make it convenient for us. I mean, of course. Was your family weird about it? Like my family has been like, but you're not from New York. Your family's from Virginia. And it's like, but I live here now. Like I... My don't want to go to Virginia. My family was no, but I think because my family is like kind of all moved about at this point, and like none of us are living where. Well, I grew up in Virginia too. Um, oh shit, where in Fairfax County? Okay, Stafford. Oh, so lo- lower. So you're we're, you're in Sova. I'm in Nova. That's so perfect because Stafford does like to be like we're Northern Virginia. It's like that's a cow. You are not <laughs> in Northern Virginia. <laughs> but, uh, Fairfax County has like a complex about whether or not it counts as being in the Beltway, which it doesn't because it's not really off the Beltway. But at the same time, we do get the Metro. As I say, you get the metro, though. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of contention around that with Fairfax. <laughs> Virginia is so fucking weird. <laughs> I love it. It's so weird. You got everything. You've got subtle racism, actual racism, mm-hmm. cows, a little city, beaches. Yeah. And like, like real ass, like Southern farmers. And then also like members of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. (laughs) (laughs) So weird. It's so weird. It's culturally like a really all over the place spot. I feel like (laughs) it's very interesting. I mean, I did briefly think that maybe we would go to Virginia because there are just a lot of really fancy old houses that you can get married at in Virginia. That's really true. Yeah. But you got to look up that fancy house's history or else you... You never know because Virginia doesn't have like plantation culture, but it'll be called like such and such Stafford Manor. And it's like, well, who was who lived at this manor? And then <laughs> you look into it and you're like, oh no. That happened to a friend of mine. She got married at something that she that billed itself as just a house. And then you like Google it and you find out it rebranded and all this stuff. And she's like, well, God damn it. I already put the deposit on this thing. So I guess we're getting married here, but I would have preferred not to. Oh, fuck. It's like Googling a tattoo, like before you get it, just to make sure it's not some obscure Nazi like uh, symbol. Exactly. Because it happens a lot, unfortunately. Once you start heading south, you really have to look into the history of your wedding venue. If it's old, you need to be looking at some documents (laughs) about that. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know if you know this, but I feel like you'll appreciate it. Not the South, but when we were, so I'm engaged as well, but we like, we were, we gave up and we're like, we're doing it on the beach. Yeah. But there was a point where we were going to go to Rockaway hotel. Ooh. Cost way too much money for Queens. And they were like, well, we'll give you the 9-11 discount. Oh, my God. Right. Because this year was Saturday. And no one wants to get married on 9-11. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, that was something that kept coming up when we were looking at the calendar. Cause like a Saturday in September is like a prime day to get married. (laughs) 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 I know some people took the discount. I would have. If it would have been a better discount, I would have. My brother actually got married on September 11th and he, he made the hashtag like never forget. And I was like, <laughs> first I was like, that's, that's a little gauche. And now I'm like, that was really funny. Like, I'm sorry. That was really good. I saw some like article about like weddings that were choosing to do it on 9-11 this year. And the article said like, you could lean into it, maybe a custom cocktail like a Manhattan. And I was like, that's, we can't be doing that. <laughs> that's actually bad. <laughs> like, and this picture, like two twin tower cakes, like yeah. the bride and groom cake. Oh my God. You can't oh, lean no, into that's... it. You really can't. You mm-hmm. can do the hashtag as a little moment because it's like the adults aren't even, like the, the grandparents aren't even going to use that. That's just a fun thing for the kids. But to be like, Manhattan. Twin Manhattan's like, no, no, that's very bad. (laughs) Did you guys have a hashtag? Our hashtag was wild style wedding because my husband always says wild style. That's sort of his catchphrase. I love that. Where did, where did his catchphrase come from? Like, did it come while you were dating or before? Oh, well before, well before (laughs) wild style predates me well before. And so I was like, we'll let you have the hashtag. It was then, um, and we did a custom cocktail with, uh, our cat, the miss, we called it the miss biz. And we had a little picture of her and it was a spicy margarita. She's a spicy cat, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. We miss her. It's like so sad how much I actually miss my cat when I'm out of town, but. Yeah. Oh, I, first the way you said it, I thought it was like an RIP situation. Oh no! Oh but my just, god, I would okay. be I would be crying at the thought of her if she had <laughs> she. Oh my god! Oh my god! This is really dark. But I work at a dog food company where, like, I work in the customer mm-hmm. department, and so people will call in crying, being like, "I have to cancel my account. My dog has died," and they will just lose. It's oh, the saddest no. thing in the world. Oh, and I went dark no. for no reason. It is rough. That it's rough. Oh no, I don't do <laughs> but that was, that was a pun. It was, I had to, I had to say, but that is, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine like calling to cancel my biz, business pee pads and I'm like crying. Oh my God. But I'm so glad she was there at the wedding. She, she, she the was there in spirit. We had lots of like, my dad is an artist and he drew a little picture of her. We, we really, we wished we could have brought her, but a cat doesn't really like to be brought to something like <laughs> essentially like a hundred people around. That would have no, been and like a, a giant goddamn room. nightmare. Yeah. I, like we would have just lost the cat immediately and it would have been like a, one of the worst nights of her life. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. It would have been a great story mm-hmm. like afterwards, but Oh my God, no, you made the right choice. Yeah. She was much happier at home. And so now that the wedding is, you know, uh, it was September, August. So a couple months now, were you like, were you able to have fun as like a bride? I feel like it's sometimes really easy to get stressed out. Yes. I, I felt really good. We were able to have fun. Um, I think Danny and I both had a lot of fun and we had fun like both together and separately. Like sometimes we hung out together. Sometimes we didn't. 
our wedding coordinator, which is like a step down from a wedding planner, but like who help, but basically like a month out takes over and starts like helping you and helps you on the day was so great. Her name is Heather Levine at Dish Foods, if anyone's getting married in the city. Um, and she helped us with so much that like once it was the actual day, everything was out of our hands. It was like the two weeks leading up when you're still doing everything and also everyone's starting to ask you questions and like people are realizing they can't come last minute or they're like asking you if they can bring someone last minute or like things are shifting around and you keep having to change the table chart and like that's when I found it was the most stressful part. Once the wedding was actually happening because other people like your bridal party and the staff take over, you're able to like, kind of let loose. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's gotta be rough. I, that honestly, another reason for the beach where like, I don't want to do a fucking like table seat chart situation. Like, fuck that. I can't do it. It was surprisingly like the greatest accomplishment of my life. Like I thought I went into it just being like, whatever, I'm just going to put people in these seats. And then it became like, I was obsessed with it. And every day I was moving it around and like, making little small adjustment. And, and it was like, it really took over my mind in a huge way. So if you can spare yourself from having to make one, I would say definitely do that. Okay. No, taken. Fair. I love it. Yeah. It'll weasel its way into your mind. And then you'll be like, but can these two sit together? And now it doesn't make sense. And now this table's random and this table's off. And like, oh, oh, oh man. What was your favorite part of your wedding? Ooh, my favorite part was, I mean, I really liked just being like the ceremony is its own kind of like special thing. That's really emotional, but I really liked like once all the formality stuff was over and we got to just like be on the dance floor and hanging out with our friends, like the reception where you actually get to like walk around and start seeing people and stuff. Uh, We were supposed to have an ice cream truck, come and serve ice cream instead of food instead of cake but the ice cream truck caught on fire oh my god and literally our wedding coordinator went to meet it and he was like sorry i'm on fire and he drove away and so we just had little like cookies and they got some ice cream from uh the safeway around the corner thinking on your feet that's the improv in you yeah the our Heather, she took over the entire thing. I didn't even know that it was happening until the ice cream was already on its way from Safeway. And we were like, where's the ice cream truck? And she was like, so the ice cream (laughs) truck is not coming. Um, (laughs) But it made for a very good story. Oh, my God. Was there anyone at the wedding at the wedding and the wedding that got like that was like the drunk person like. People definitely got really drunk, but they held it together. No one caused any drunk issues. I mean, I would say the drunkest person is this guy who did crash to the wedding, (laughs) who came in from the street and everyone was like, hey man, who are you? And he was like, what? And then he Venmoed us $100. All right. I know. So I was like, okay. But I think he was the he was certainly the most conspicuous drunk person because also he was just like wearing jean shorts and everyone was like, who are you? The confidence to just walk into a wedding party like that. Yeah, completely not dressed for it and also alone. 
Like it wasn't a wedding crossers situation where it was like planned and or what uh, or it was like two guys hyping themselves up. Like it was one guy alone was like, I'm going to go. And he you know what? He got to dance. I don't know if he got a drink, but if he did, the hundred dollars well over covered it. So <laughs> he didn't he wasn't there for like the special part of the, the ceremony and he didn't eat. So that's fine by me. Right. Make some money out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, well. There you go. One time we were at a wedding like a couple of years back in this like massive hotel. So there were multiple weddings happening at the same time. So we were like dressed up and everything. And I was like, oh, let's go crash the wedding downstairs. And the people like there were like guards and they clocked me immediately. They were like, you are not supposed to be here. And I was like, wedding, I'm going to the wedding. And they were like, get out. Like it was like so immediate. So I'm just so impressed. This guy was like jean shorts, literally jorts on a summer day being like, this looks fun. It's because like the front of the venue opens up onto the street in this particular way that like, it's easy for some, and we were kind of mingling on the street, off the street. So it's easy for someone to just slip in there. He was found like he, he, he didn't like he, but he got to party a little bit. Like he made it in. (laughs) Again, props to him and props to you guys getting money for it. Yeah, it worked out great. I was like that I was like, all right, I mean that that does cover it. So take it. <laughs> I'll take it. So how did you and Danny, right? hmm How did y'all meet? We met doing comedy um at the Annoyance Theater back in the day. Uh oh yeah. Yeah. So Danny came up in Chicago doing comedy there and then he and all his buddies moved out here right around the same time, um, kind of to like get the annoyance started, like not officially with the annoyance, but it was all kind of tied up together that like that theater was going to come out here and they all kind of decided it was time to come out here and make the next big move. So that was like six years ago or so for him. And then I started doing shows there. So we started seeing each other around and, but like I was dating someone else as you always are. Um, but then like as soon as we broke up, uh, which it was like a very transitional relationship that I was only like (laughs) minorly invested in ultimately. So as soon as we broke up, I had always like thought Danny was cute and we were at the annoyance one day and he like, he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, I'm single, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let me get straight to the fucking yeah, chase. Um, I'm single. So that's kind of what's going on with me. And it just sort of like, then we saw each other at a friend's birthday party like a week later. And it was on from there. And we like hooked up. But then we started going on little dates and just straightforward from there moved in together survived the first part of the pandemic the pre-vaccine pandemic together so it was definitely a wild ride oh yeah and honestly if you made it through with your partner through the the pandemic like that especially that first part in the city like i remember turning to air and being like this could go either way like this we are about to learn a lot mm-hmm. about each other 5 years in yeah we we're also we were 5 years in at that point and like you know when the pandemic hit we were living in a very 
small one bedroom apartment that was made for me to work from home all day. Cause that's what I mostly do. Um, but also got like with my podcast and stuff, go into the city, have auditions, do all the things. And then Danny worked in an office and we really were just at home at night to like watch some shows and to go to bed. And it was a great apartment for that. And then we needed to be there 24 seven and I needed to be sequestering myself off to do voiceover in another room. So Danny only had access to like small parts of the apartment for large periods of time and that it didn't have central air. It was like so intense. And also everyone in our building also started going through insane and in like mental health crises of their own. And so like it, it, there were three apartments in the building and all of us went crazy in different ways it was kind of hard not to like everyone went if you were in new york city during like march april may june you went through some dark fucking holes like there was no way you you couldn't it was it it was really rough and so like danny and i were fighting like crazy we were losing our we were just like on top of each other so unhappy the cat was like acting crazy (laughs) like mom and dad are fighting make it stop and then once the summer came the summer just also had such insane energy too with like i mean there was all the protests so there was that but those weren't really in like bushwick as much but there was all this just like noise and wildness happening in the like in the air all the time and like the fireworks were going off all the time fireworks Never forget the summer of the fireworks going off all the time. And like people didn't have jobs. So people were just like partying hard on this block behind us. And it was like driving us mad into the night. And it it became truly insane. And then we finally in July of last year, we moved and we upgraded and we got like a two bedroom apartment that has outdoor space and all this other stuff in it immediately changed it like saved the relationship changed the tenor of everything completely because for the first yeah from march to july we were like whoa we gotta figure something out yeah it was just too intense i've always wondered always wondered about couples in studios during that month or not month that period it was just like there's no way there's no way you guys can survive this we weren't in a studio but just barely like we technically had two rooms in the apartment but again we didn't have central air we just had this really big ac unit in in the bedroom where i would record all my voiceover stuff and so if i closed that door then like he would just become incredibly hot in the middle room but oh, then also fuck. to be in the bedroom was freezing. So it was like, <laughs> it was like horrible. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, I'm so glad you guys worked it out. Yeah. We're, it, I mean, we, up, we upgraded all of that. It was a way better move and scenario, but it was, it was rough. It was really rough. And hopefully you got, um, a COVID price. Like you got like a Exodus price. We got a really good deal because there were a lot of like issues that were happening with the actual building as well. So we like told our management company, like, look, we're getting the hell out of here. And they basically, they actually, we don't hate our management company. They, they're pretty responsive and like good. And they were like, okay, we actually have another, we have a two bedroom available and it was like perfect. And we were able to move over there with the COVID price. And also they just, moved our security deposit over so we didn't have to put down extra money which was like a gift yeah from God. Holy shit, that's amazing 
Yeah, that was that was the most clutch part because that security deposit is such the putting down like the three or times rent or whatever is so crazy. But since we were just moving within them and they like know we're good and we've been we've just always paid rent on time, they were like also like I think they just wanted to keep us as tenants because so many people were like not paying their rent and stuff. So they were like, No, you we know you have money, please stay, please, we'll move you anywhere. <laughs> please, please, please. I don't know if you've been like reading like Gothamist or like, mm-hmm. you know, the local on um, paper, not papers, but websites, it's gotten so wild now. It's like completely catap- catapulted to the other side. Yeah. Of, like people just like throwing out numbers at like the realtor being like, I'll pay this or like a, like a literal auction now. Yeah. Like there was, there was a period of time where it was like, there were so many deals on apartments and it was really interesting, like what was going on because it was basically like, I have a couple friends who moved during the pandemic and it was like, they would offer you like several months free just so that they could still say they hadn't technically lowered the, the rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like what it would come out to ultimately that you were paying was a lower rent. It was like, there was so much like sneaky trickery going on. Yeah, they're at the, I feel like at the height there, people were at, like offering three or four months free. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus. I, a friend of mine who moved, I think got like something like that, like three or four months free because yeah, the, the company just didn't want to have to say like that they had lowered the rent on the unit. So instead they're like, keep the rent, but we'll just give you all these months free that ultimately come out to you paying this smaller amount of money. My former landlord, because we moved not July 2020, but of, of this year, that landlord sucked. And when COVID hit, he sent us our lease in early April mm-hmm. when our lease was up in August and raised the rent on us. Oh, that motherfucker. And then he was such a little bitch when we left. Like he, we were on vacation and he was like, we were like, Hey, we just, you know, we just cleaned up like where, how, where do you want to leave the keys, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, you never, you never told me, you never told me anything. And we had literally the lease that he signed that we said was not coming back, but we were on vacation. Yeah. So we we're like, we don't have it with us. And so finally he kept harassing us and he was like, you have to paint this, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, whatever, fine, let's just fucking do it. And so then he harassed me again and was like, did you ever give me notice? And I just sent him a picture. Like I didn't have any like text in it. And he was like, okay, it costs $28 for the toilet you broke. And I was like, what? So he took like $28 out of our security deposit. And I was like, I'm glad you got something. And like the toilet was broken in what way? Like it was such an old toilet that the things like that hold it down were rusted, like the toilet seat. Right. So you broke the toilet, like quote unquote, right. But my favorite part was like, we moved three doors down, like literally. Mm-hmm. And so now like we still see him and like the super and I'm like, hey, hey, how are you? I pay less at this bigger apartment. You suck. Yeah. We had one of my apartments that I lived in before Danny and I moved in together. We had just like a typical New York, like nightmare management company, whatever. And when we moved out, they randomly, like months after we moved out, they sent us a thing that was like, they said we owed them like $5,000. And we were like, well, that's not correct. So I looked through this like convoluted, insane document that they sent. 
and actually added it all up. And I was like, okay, you charged us for months that we didn't live in the apartment. So number one, that's like, we moved out on this date and you're charging us for like two months after that. And number two, actually by my calculations, you owe us $1,200. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so it ended up being that they had to give us money and it felt so good because it was like from their stupid document that they sent. And I was like, actually, like we overpaid you and you owe us $1,200. Oh my God. That's so, I would not have been, I've been too lazy. Like I would never have looked through the document. Good for you. Well, they were saying that we owed them like this amount of money that I was like, there's just no way. And and so I was like, fuck you. And I looked through it and then I was like, you guys are idiots. Like <laughs> they were such scammers because they would, that was another thing too, is they had pulled so many like scammy things in the past like that of being like, Hey, everyone owes, like they like slipped a thing under everyone's door that was like, everyone owes a fee of $2,000. And I, when we called them back and we're like, what is this? They were like, just don't worry about it. Never mind. And I was like, oh, so you just put this under everyone's door. And like, if anybody pays you, you get $2,000. Like whoever doesn't ask any questions just pays you. Oh my God. They were so, they were like the shadiest people ever. So I never like accepted anything that they told me is correct. (laughs) That's so like, does that happen in other places? I feel like that's such a New York City thing of just having these like, truly shitty landlords that try to just milk you for everything. I'm sure that like any city has it, but I really do think that the art form is perfected (laughs) in New York of like really just true scammy, scammy, scam landlords. Oh my God. I think you're right. Like I truly do. Just like the shit that I hear. Yeah. Oh my God. When so when you guys were dating but not living together, who whose apartment did you go to more? My apartment we went to more because mine was like a little more sens. It was easier to get to. Um, I had a bigger bed. We were dealing with a mattress on the floor scenario when I found him, Ooh. and he did get a bed shortly into our dating. I was like, I think that you should lift your bed off of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and it did happen. Um, but yeah, he lived in Greenpoint at the time and it was kind of like a ways away from the train and you had to like walk along the highway and stuff. So it was just like not really convenient. Like, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't really a hugely convenient place for us to stay. Whereas my room, it was like, I had like a teeny tiny little room, but it was like right off the L train and it was a little more, there was just a little more hangability there. No, that makes sense. I ask because I always feel like there's one, there is one that people hang out more. It's never equal. No, We were always at Aaron's, but he had a bigger bed and he had an AC and I lived in the city for like five years without air conditioning. And so you just be like sweating on this like full size bed and just being like, this is kind of hell. Yeah. It naturally was just, I feel like it does come down to like who has a nicer bed and temperature settings. I agree. What, what type of bed, like what size do you guys sleep on now? We have a queen would love to upgrade to a king. I am, my husband is like, is, he's a big boy. He's tall. He's broad shouldered, etc. But we've got one of those New York bedrooms, which this is like another New York real estate trick where they'll be like, it's a queen sized bedroom, which means it can just fit a queen sized bed in it. And like nothing else. 
nothing else. But we were working on a full at that time, I feel like, because I, I, yeah, my other place, I had a full size bed. We just upgraded to a king and I do, I highly recommend it's (sighs) worth like the savings, but we, the hotel we stayed at only had, it was like two full double, it might've been a double. It was like two doubles in the room. And I was like, oh my God, I can never like do this again with you. And truly in the middle of the night, he like taken all of the covers and I like angrily walked to the other bed and like fell asleep. And I was like, what would you do without this bed? Well, I think back to like college and having like my boyfriend sleep in my twin bed. I don't Like, what is that? I don't know how we did it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like he always slept in my bed. That's fucking insane. Yeah. Because it's, it's just longer. It's like a XL twins. It's just longer. It's still the same width. Width. Yeah. I just think that your tolerance level in college for like absolute discomfort while still being able to sleep is so much higher. Like now I can't. But then I would like sleep on people's couches because I didn't want to walk home or like this and that. Now I'm like, I will like cut off my hand to get home to be in my bed. You're so right though. Like, I don't know where I went to school in Virginia too. And so we had like a lot of Mm. snow uh, there. And so speaking of like tolerance levels, it's like I would go out in flip-flops in the middle of like January and February in snow. Oh yes. I went to university of Delaware, but it would get cold there too. And like you would just, the commitment to having on the tiniest clothes possible. And it's like, I don't want to bring a jacket. And like, especially Halloween, Halloween is always crazy for that. Cause like it would be cold. And then like all the girls are out and like, you know, the jacket ruins your outfit. So you would just freeze your ass off. To this day, I like still won't bring a jacket on Halloween. It's like stuck with me. And I know, I mean, this year it's whatever. It'll be like 75 degrees. But in the past, it's like, I don't, I don't care. I had a friend legit get freezer, not freezer burn, like frostbite on her toes. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, she also broke like my favorite heels that night too. We're just like walking up these hills, these like hills in fucking heels with nothing else on. And like, yeah, it got really bad. It was like, I need to get you home now. Like, yeah, like you're freezing to death. Like, it's <laughs> actually not good. Uh, yeah, it's what I mean. And also like my college apartment was completely disgusting. Like just the the level of things that I would tolerate at that time. Oh, yeah. And now I'm so I'm so like sleepy and like my back hurts. And like. <laughs> I was really bad about, I hated throwing up in a toilet. So I would just throw up everywhere in the apartment that I shared with people. And one time I got to the point where I would just, our like apartments were carpeted. And so I would just like wake up, roll over and like throw up on the carpet. And they were like, what if you put a garbage can there? And I was like, that's so smart. And my garbage can had holes in it. And I just put like the garbage can there and I like, didn't put a bag there or anything in it. And my friends were like, I don't understand how you like got into college. Like, I just don't understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, I vomited so much. It left a stain. And then I didn't get charged for it. Another roommate did. And I did nothing. I was just like, I don't know where that stain came from. Yeah, sorry. It was from me throwing up. I always had to put a trash can next to my bed because I, I was always a hungover or like too drunk vomiter like that was always my move but it also it did save me because I feel like I I had friends who could really get 
so intoxicated and stay out, stay moving, even in like a blackout state, but they could continue to function as if they were alive. I hit a certain level where my stomach says, no more. You're done for the evening. You're committed to being in the bathroom or by a (laughs) trash can now. You're sick. Or like you're going to sleep. I could never stay. I could never like stay up through the evening the way of certain friends of mine who like really had wild had wild times could. that's fair though i think that is the proper way that is your body saying no mm-hmm. i've only puked and rallied once uh and i did regret it it's not the next day is very very rough and yeah there's and it is a thing where it's like come on go, come back i mean it's like god college culture is really crazy in general but like yeah they're like come on you should come back and i'm like no i i vomited leave me behind like <laughs> let me stay home do you remember i think we're similar in age i went to jmu and do you remember oh, jmu there you go yeah that, like, i know all and, about it and Nev said there was i think it was 2010 we made national news because of our spring fest where everyone would just get like day drunk at like the sorority or not sorority uh, fraternity houses. But for some reason, this one in particular brought thousands of kids outside of JMU. You know what? I do remember this because since like, you know, I know a lot of people from that area. I think I like know people who like were outsiders that went to JMU and were like shit here. It was <laughs> fucking crazy. Like I got so drunk so quickly that I left like at 1 PM and was so hammered. I walked through a line of legit like police with everything on. And then I had like, was texting with someone to like hook up. And so I was like, yeah, let's do this. Like we lived in the mm-hmm. same apartment complex. And then I threw up, passed out, woke up five hours later to like helicopters, like swarming. Oh no. Everyone couldn't, like, no one could get a hold of me. So they thought, like, I was, like, arrested or something. And then I was like, no, no, I just fell asleep. And so then I'm trying to contact the dude. He just, I don't hear from him for, like, the rest of the night until, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. He's like, I'm so sorry. My roommate got hit with pepper spray. Like, I had to take him to the hospital. Yeah. Just, like, he wasn't even, like, there. It was just, it was happening so close to our apartment complex that, like, they were just just shooting those whatever oh you call God. it. Oh, my God. It was crazy. That's insane. It was hilarious, but horrifying at the same time. Like, it was fucking crazy. I think something similar happened at UD, but, like, years after where they just, like, swarmed a certain street and were, like, partying on a bunch of cars or something. After I left UD, there were a bunch of, like, very weird national news stories about them. Number one was these two people who had sex in broad daylight outside of Grotto's Pizza on St. Patrick's Day. And there are pictures of it that are like, first of all, insane because of how close up they are. Like these people did not give oh my two God. shit. And also because they are both wearing full St. Patrick's regalia. Like she has on like a green shirt and like little ears, but her skirt is pulled up and he's behind her. And he also has St. Patrick's Day stuff on and they're having sex. <laughs> next to a dumpster (laughs) oh my god really bad and then two years later people got in trouble my old boss who fired me from working at the sushi restaurant and my old co-worker from the same sushi restaurant got in trouble for having sex on the roof of chipotle 
and it was visible. Oh my God. But also from the street. They're idols to me now. You had sex on the roof of Chipotle. They had sex Holy on the roof shit. of Chipotle in pure, for, for all to see. And so they got in trouble. And then, yeah, there was this weird, crazy, like, party that got out of hand. And then now, like, they're in the news again, but it's, it's like, sad. There was, like, an assault on campus and people are protesting. So yeah, very oh, different vibe. Uh, but, yeah, every couple of years, something crazy happens at UD. Oh, my God. I, um, I almost applied there. I had a lot of friends that applied, got in. And for some reason, I think it was just because it was out of state. They were like, mm, can't afford this. But I've heard... Yeah, I see. I had my little like, I was like, I don't want to go to a Virginia school because I don't want to see anyone from high school. Um, (laughs) And then UD gave me a little bit of like scholarship money. Um, And so and even out of state, it's not that bad. Like it's not crazy, crazy bad out of state, especially once I got my scholarship. So I was like, University of Delaware it is. And it's like in Newark, Delaware. Newark, Delaware. Yeah. I just love it. I love that so much. Um, there's more than mm-hmm. one Newark. But Newark, it, like Jersey is Newark and Delaware is Newark. Oh, I did not know that. There's Newark. I know. People it, People kept correcting me because I keep saying the many saints of Newark. And it's like, it's Newark. It's a very, <laughs> very esoteric little thing, but people care. People in Newark really care. Of course mm-hmm. they do. Of course. Speaking of like so much public sex, that is like one of my favorite porns to watch is like mm-hmm. voyeurism. And I think it comes from JMU. Like I, you just, you would just like turn a corner and people are just like fucking by like a townhouse and you're like, okay, yeah, carry on. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, this situation, the, the one, the St. Patrick's Day UD one is so crazy because they are both alert enough to be actively having sex with each other. Like they're both, it's not a, it's not a bad consent situation. They're both participating here in what's happening and people are so close to them and it is so full in broad daylight that it's like, you have to respect it really. Yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of like hats off. Like, yeah. For you. And I think a part of the story that I really like is that no one ever identified them to the university which I love because that was actually going to be my next question. Like, did they ever get identified? Identifiable, certainly. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I do think you need to tell the audience that you where you are going because it is great. Uh, yes, I have to. After this, my husband and I are going to the Memphis Bass Pro Shop, which is located in the world's 10th largest pyramid. Uh, and apparently it, it used to be like a convention center, but then a Bass Pro just bought it. And now it's this insane Bass Pro Shop where you can like fish inside and there's a bar at the top of it and you can like see all of Memphis. And so... We're going to go see all the things that this Bass Pro Shop has to offer. You have to fucking fish. You yeah. have to. Oh, I'm like, going to. There's a duck museum inside. There's like, there's crazy stuff in there. So I didn't realize it really was the 10th largest pyramid. The 10th largest, so it really, it really is. is the 10th largest pyramid oh my God. in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is a great. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. This was an amazing episode. Oh, this is so much fun. Um, I'm going to say it in the intro and outro again too, but where can everyone see you, hear you, follow you? Oh, wonderful. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Pandalise. That's P-A-N-D-A-L-I-S-E. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Elise Navidad. And um, I've got live shows coming up. I Well, I have a podcast, The Rest of Your Teenage Self. And we have two live shows coming up uh, November 14th and November 27th. One, the first one is at Stand Up New York and the second one is at Union Hall. Yeah. Oh, hells yeah. Okay, awesome. I'm really excited. Definitely come on out to that. Yes. Oh, I'm definitely going to come to one of those because that sounds amazing. Beautiful. Well, this is so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What a great guest. What a great episode. Please go check out her podcast, Roast of Your Teenage Self. You know you're going to love it. You know, when you think about your teenage self, you're like, "Mm, cringe. Truly, all those years, I just could love to forget. Uh, Follow her on Instagram at Pandalise, P-A-N-D-A-L-I-S-E, on Twitter at Elise Navigan. Thank you for this journey that we are going on together. I will see you guys next week. Please remember to rate, like, subscribe, share, leave some comments. Follow me on Awkward Sex and City at Instagram, Awkward Sex City on Twitter, and Natalie, spelled with G-N-A-T-A-L-I-E-E-E-E on Instagram. And we will talk later. Okay, bye.